Fantástico. Okay, Angus, thanks a lot for um, joining me on this chat thing. No problems. Uh, let's jump uh, straight into rope access. Um, how do you? How did you end up working in that field? In rope access, um, I was um, I was in Europe actually in '96, uh, and um, I was doing a bit of rock climbing. Cool. And um, with with my um, best mate at the time, James, and we were in London. We seen these guys hanging off ropes on the side of buildings in London, and never seen it before. And, I only uh, seen it in movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the '90s, no one did it. You know, it was yeah. unheard of. And then we went and spoke to them and said, you know, what the hell are you doing? And they were cleaning the windows and we were like, oh, you know, this is what we should do. You know, and we, when we got back to uh, Sydney, there was, uh, I think, two companies that had started. And, um, and we both worked for one of the companies and, yeah, the rest was history. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm. So how long have you been doing this for? Oh, it was 97. So what's that? 24 years? Yeah. You still uh, rock climb or uh? no? Too much, too much <laughs> above the belt now. <laughs> too much good, good eating. <laughs> too many of these. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean that's uh, it's it's a good compensation. W- I think when I um, when I started my own business for the second time and I came off rope, you know, that's when I started to bulge. Because <laughs> if you don't exercise every day, you know, you get to forty. That's I'm right. I'm really terrified to to get there. I mm. I can see that like is approaching yeah. and yeah uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah everything drops. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, what's uh, how does it work like um, rope access uh, gigs? Rope access gigs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, um, someone has a problem with their building. Uh, maybe uh, there might be a, a big rainstorm like we had recently. Okay. And, um, you know, level 33 of a high-rise apartment block, um, the owner's got water coming in around their window or coming in through their ceiling. And um, usually it's because there's a problem with the external facade of the building. Okay. And so we abseil down and we'll have a look. And uh, quite often we'll spray some water around to try and replicate the leak. Oh, I see. And... Um, and then uh, we go about fixing it. Um, but a lot of time we'll see the problem or, you know, sometimes bits of the building can fall off and um, end up in the street, you know, when you've got concrete cancer and yeah. things like that happening. Um, and then, of course, you've got, you know, things like window cleaning where, um, you know, it's just a maintenance um, issue on buildings. They need to get them clean. And especially when they're first built, they... Um, the manufacturers of the different components of the building normally give a, a maintenance schedule. You have to clean the glass every three months or you have to clean the facade every month. Yeah. And they give weird and wonderful instructions as to what to use to clean it with, you know. How so tall are these buildings? Um, well, probably our, our um, biggest building that we work on is one in the rocks and it's about 200 meters. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's about 45 floors. Must be floors. scary. Yeah, can be sometimes, yeah. I mean, I've had a few people come and work for me and go start from the top, go to the bottom, take their harness off and say, no, this isn't for <laughs> I can see yeah, that. That's uh, happened a few times. I, I do rock climb, but I mostly do bouldering and I don't really get along well with 
um, heights. Mm. Like I can stand them, but uh, if it's like 30 meters, maybe 50 meters, yeah. but more than that, it just yeah. gets me uh, terrified. Um, so it's it's mostly about cleaning then or also painting? Yeah, look, Integrity Projects, my, my company is mostly about remedial building work. So concrete cancer, um, water leaks, painting, <coughs> um, anything that goes wrong with the outside of a building or, or a structure um, that's difficult to access. Um, is it a like fairly safe job or like what are the risks involved? Well, I mean, the, the main, most pe- mostly accidents that have happened in rope access are due to the ropes being um, severed through a sharp edge or something oh, like yeah. that. And um, <coughs> we have rope protection devices that we use and, you know, things like carpets, which are pretty, pretty <laughs> just a piece of carpet that we put on the edge. Oh, cool. And, so and, there is no friction. Yeah. So, yeah, so it stops your, your, your rope from uh, getting damaged. Reduce the friction, yeah. um, but, you know, I mean, anchor points failing, things like that, they get tested every year. So okay. um, they very rarely fail. It's normally people running things over sharp edges and then mm. the, the ropes... Um, will will cut um i've seen a few accidents in my time uh, a couple um but it's, it's generally that is that the the ropes being cut is the most um the most common most common. frequent but i've seen one where a rope was dangling and it went round uh the wing mirror of a car and it pulled the guy out from the building and then the wing mirror broke off luckily Whoa. and he went well he hmm. went back and smashed through the window so <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't very... Sounds like an action movie kind of yeah, scene. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Except, yeah, he wasn't very happy. Yeah, I can he imagine He wasn't that. a hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about wind and like uh, storms and rain and all of that? Yeah, well, we don't work in the rain normally. Okay. Um, which has been, you know, really But it's kind really of pointless to, to, to clean a window if it's That's raining right. anyway. Much as we try to do so, uh, a lot of the owners <laughs> of the buildings don't like us cleaning the windows in the rain, but... You know, it's it's difficult though because the boys don't get you know they don't get paid if it's raining or if it's oh, yeah. too windy. And They're all contractors. Uh, no, 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 no mixture of contractors and and um, employees. Yeah, okay. yeah, but um, it can be you know it can be hard because you, you don't have that continuity of work and yes. and also when the boys don't work you know that they, if they're not earning money then I'm not earning money either so yeah it's difficult of for all of us. Um, Makes sense. But, um, yeah, w- with wind and things like that, um, there's certain things you can do. Like you can have your ropes bunched up in a bag underneath you. Um, but, you know, there can be problems if you don't bunch up in a bag underneath you or your ropes will end up across the road, you know, yeah. touching the building across the road or something like that. So, yeah, it can be a bit What's dangerous. the... Um, it requires some training, I guess. What's the, um, like, training required to, to become a... Um, well, you've... I mean, there's no... In, ter- in terms of legality, there's no, like, legal, legal requirements. No, my question was more about in terms of, like, skills. Well, there's, yeah, there are courses. There's an IRADA course, which is an international rope access training course, and then there's an Australian um, brand as well. Um, but, like I said, there's no actual legal requirement for people to, to do it. Um, but <clears throat> if there was an accident and you ended up in court then you know the question would be asked did you train yourself in this have you done as much as you can to prevent any accidents you know 
So um, basically you do a, to get to level one, it's a seven day training course. Um, and it's, um, can be hard, you know. Um, I know when I did my last certification, which was probably five years ago, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard for me. Um, but you so know, you, that, you used to do this job like yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I've done it for a long time. What was your motivation like? What What did you like about it? Like the the height, oh, the thrill, just, the you know, like working on the outside of a high rise building and the views, and um, that was certainly the, probably one of the first things that really attracted me to the industry. Great um, Instagram stories. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, you know, the things that you see from the top of a building or as you're going down a building. But um, but then my, I guess more recently, probably in the last 10 to 15 years, I got more interested in being um, involved in being a, more of a building doctor, if okay. you know what I mean. And the things that can go wrong with buildings and, um, you know, the issues that can happen and trying to work out why it's happened and, and try to fix it, you know. So you said uh, concrete cancer before? Yeah. What's yeah. that? I never heard of it. So that's when a concrete... Um, uh, either gets uh, gets a mixture of air and water that seeps into the concrete, usually through cracking, um, and then it causes the steel reinforcement inside the concrete to rust. Yeah. And then because when um, when steel rusts, it expands, and oh, it yeah. cracks the concrete. And um, yeah, rust is a very powerful thing. It can uh, a, a steel member underneath a 40 story building has the power to lift the building. It's very, wow. it's a chemical reaction, you know, yeah. and it's just, it's huge. Yeah. Um, so yeah. How do you fix that? Uh, you cut out the concrete, you get rid of all the rust on the, um, on the reinforcement inside, treat it, and then you patch it. Yeah. And then re repaint over the top. How often does this happen? It sounds like a big problem for a building. It's happening a lot at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening all over Sydney, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wow. bad. Lots of things like that, you know, um, concrete cancer. And um, I mean, you know about all the buildings in, you know, Mascot and, um, yeah, yeah. you know, around um, uh, Olympic Park and all the issues that they're having. You yeah. know, it's all remedial building problems. And yeah. I think all the buildings that were built on a certain, like, uh, year range they present similar problems well there's a lot of builders that are around that, that are pretty shonky you know what's they the, cut corners what's the weirdest thing that you've seen um like yourself while because i guess like you get is to see a lot of crazy things while going up and down a building is this right? x-rated or <laughs> <laughs> you, you can say whatever <laughs> there's no the weirdest thing um ah uh, the weirdest thing Oh, look, I don't know. It just involves lots of naked people, really. <laughs> I, how I had, do they react when they, like, see you, like, going up another building? Well, I had a friend. We were actually doing some night work on a building in um, in the city. It was called the Avilion Hotel. It was it was probably 12, 12 years ago or maybe even longer. And um, and my, my friend told me, he's like, you know, there's someone naked in here. <laughs> so I started swinging across the building. <laughs> To try and um, you know to to catch an eye look and um, and then when I finally got there and I put my sucker on the window to which is like yeah. a, a thing which can yeah. hold you onto the window like a vacuum like a yeah it's like a suction cup suction cup that yeah holds you and um, um, I put it on there and I had a look and it was this very old woman that must have just fallen asleep on her bed with her legs spread in <laughs> front of the window and I was very uh. disappointed. <laughs> 
very uh, disappointed. But a um, unique view, like very rare. Very, yeah, very, <laughs> hopefully I won't see it again. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from that, um, you know, and I mean, I've seen a few other naked people, but um, just, you know, the way people's houses are is quite interesting sometimes. You know, you see, I saw a, a massive bottle of, it was about, I don't know, maybe four or five feet high full of $2 coins and oh, $5 wow. notes and it was full to the top and just things like that and just the way people's houses are. You know how it's, it's quite interesting having a look inside and seeing what yeah. people's, you know, the way they live. That gives you an insight in their uh, personalities, I guess. Yeah. Like you yeah, could you could have an idea of like who they are by the way they, they, they uh, furnish their place. Yeah, I that's think. right. What, what do you take out of like... Uh, What's your understanding of a person who has this like huge bottle f- filled with coins and notes? I don't know. It's just, you know, someone who's got a lot of money because I'd be spending <laughs> that money. <laughs> yeah. Or someone who's, um, I don't know, just a saver. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But um, <laughs> yeah, you do see some funny things, but I guess, I'm, I mean, I've got a lot of photos from, from the top of buildings of, you know, nice just beautiful we we work in the rocks a lot of the time on that one particular building i was talking about and um you know we look over the the whole of the harbor and, and out to the ocean and you can see all the way to Parramatta, and you can see the chatswood you can see botany bay and um you know on a really lovely day it's just it's beautiful it's fantastic yeah basically access to a very unique uh, angle and point of view on on the city that nobody else can can access mm. have you ever considered like taking advantage of that in the sense of like creating like maybe video content from like unique perspectives well i i had a i had an idea once that um not video content but i had an idea of of taking photos and making like a coffee shop book you know of all yeah. the different buildings um in the last five years or so we've been working on a on a small number of buildings so we haven't had a lot of variety mm. we've been just doing lots of concentrated work on a handful of buildings um <clears throat> but prior to that yeah i was thinking of of doing some kind of um coffee shop book and i've had a few different ideas based around you know the abilities of being on a rope or being on a high-rise building and I was going to get, um, I designed this system where you'd have a rope hanging beneath you with a, a flag with okay. advertising on it, you know, like a Coca-Cola or a Red yeah. Bull advertising or something like that. And, you know, charging people lots of money. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. It uh, comes up your uh, entrepreneurial um, side. Uh, yeah. uh, do you work in any other industries or this is your only occupation at the moment? Yeah, it's at the moment it's the only occupation, yeah. I mean, I used to do DJing a lot. And, okay. Uh, when was and, that? Um, and and yeah, and producing music, but um, DJing was early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play a bit around the city, um, and um, back in the early nineties, I used to put on you know dance parties and stuff like that. So I was sort of involved. That they were my um my my heyday, if you like. That's why my brain's not so good these days. <laughs> Well, you need to have fun when yeah, you're young, I think. Right, yeah. Oh, you're still young anyway. So you do. can still like have fun. And yeah, party okay. and thank God. Thank <laughs> you. I'll remember that. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> my, I think my point is uh, you like, and this is a connection to ropes as well. Like you, you don't use ropes only on buildings. 
and you don't have fun only on parties but you, you are <laughs> like a sailor as well right yeah 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 what can you tell me about like uh sailing like this is something that always been on the back of my mind like i always wanted to spend time on a boat and probably at some point in my life i would want to own one and and live on a boat for a while yeah yeah definitely what can you tell me about all of this i know nothing <laughs> okay um yeah well, look living on a boat um sailing boats um is something that has been in my family for a long time my, my oh. father was a big sailor and um you know I've, i've been sailing since i was you know a baby kind of thing we used to live in um in london and um moved to Australia when I was 13 years old and we used to sail from um, the Isle of Wight to France and stuff like that and oh, so I was always kind of on boats um, what can I tell you about it um, it's it's just really good fun it's it's amazing fun it's what I really like is I like riding motorbikes I like sailing I got into ab sailing as well because of this the same reason I'm about to explain um, and that is that when i'm sailing and the wind is quite strong i'm completely focused on that at the time i'm not thinking about anything else it's kind of it's like being in mindfulness if you know what oh, i mean yes. and and riding a motorbike it's the same it's the same and i guess when you're abseiling down the side of a high rise building it's the same thing you're Absolutely. completely focused on what you're doing and um and that's one of the things i love about sailing is the freedom and just being focused um Last weekend I sailed to Sydney Harbour from um Pittwater from Palm Beach and then sailed back up the next day and um and then I spent a night in um in the basin in Pittwater and um I like it because it's another reason I like it is because it's sort of like adventure you know it's, yes. it's like you see beautiful um wildlife and you know if you can get up early enough and you haven't drunk too much the night before you can see a beautiful sunset sunrise and you see beautiful sunset at the end of the day and um you know it's um i just i i just love it i love the freedom of it and i love just yeah it's just great fun what's the connection that you have with uh, do we have any questions yeah we just got a comment from albie it says great to hear from angus always proud to see him represent the lgbtq plus community i <laughs> 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 love it <laughs> That's gold. Mm. Who's Albie? <laughs> um, I got distracted. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. Um, thanks, I love Albie. it, Albie. Give me some more. Mm, wind. Okay. Uh, I had a question about wind. Uh, what's the... What, what do you think it triggers, like in you, the, the, the feeling of wind? Like uh, It's like an adrenaline reaction yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, well, yesterday I was sailing the boat back up to Bayview from from the basin and it was um 24 knots uh, which okay. is quite it's i mean that's 50 something kilometers an hour 52 okay. kilometers an hour um it's not slow um it's not slow but it feels a lot stronger when you're on the water and imagine. um my eyes were watering it was hard to keep my eyes open and um you know i guess yeah it sort of gives you a bit of a feeling of exhilaration when you've got you know lots of wind coming at you and the the boat's bouncing up and down and i love it when the boat goes out heels over yeah you know and you're kind of just that's on the edge that's pretty scary when like you can see that the edge of the boat is almost like in line with in the, the water level. yeah yeah, yeah. I, i was sailing with with my friend um gordon um a little while ago and i had my foot 
on the on sort of on near the edge of the boat and we were healing over that much that my my knee went almost underwater my whole wow. bottom of my leg went <laughs> underwater and that i love that i was like that's that's awesome you know that's really exciting um how long have you been sailing for since you were a kid yeah since i was yeah really young and yeah but but i didn't i sort of i did a lot with my parents and then um more recently like my, my father passed away in 2018 and um i um took ownership of his boat after he oh, cool. died and um basically started doing a lot more sailing after he'd, he'd passed away which is a little bit weird but um yeah so, no i mean it's it's a um, family boat so it makes yeah, sense like yeah. it connects you to your family i guess yeah 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 that's um right. what no. kind of boat is it well so that that one the one that dad um owned was a, a daydream um a 1955 daydream which is a timber boat um okay. and it was um built by an australian um designer can we find a picture of that How do yeah, we look it up? Be able to find that. Yeah. Um it's a yeah, Daydream um 28. You should be able to find that. Um but but because it's a timber boat, uh lots of problems with timber boats and uh had a lot of rot in it and stuff I and I got some things fixed on it and then I realized that it's not what I want to do. I don't want to be on a on a timber boat. So I um what's what's the best material for boats like Well, I think it's, you know, glass reinforced plastic is is the most common, but the best is carbon fiber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carbon fiber is brilliant, yeah. you know, but it's very expensive and um, you know, yeah, I could never afford to buy a carbon fiber boat. But um yeah, so the one I have now is um a Hansi um 415, okay. which is a a GRP glass reinforced plastic boat um fiberglass and um you know I own that with a few other people and um yeah it, it's really good it's much more reliable that's it oh, that's exa- that's exactly it the first one the first one yeah yeah it's a daydream and that's the boat the fourth one along actually is i think my dad's boat yeah oh cool that's it and this is made of timber and uh, you think it's like that's the way that used to be like back then yeah well the guy that the guy that built that built it in his backyard oh wow he had um had the plans and and you know it was the first one that was ever built yeah so it's um it's pretty special so let's uh, let's look up the new one the hands hansy 415 h a n s e yeah and you had this one for what the the hansy yeah um for a couple of years now yeah okay what's the longest trip you took on 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 the boat um on the hansy um or in general in in your life like um probably the longest trip would have been going from england um to the mediterranean but that was when i was a kid okay you know, how long did was, it take oh would have taken a couple of weeks at least i'd say um i i can't remember that yeah that's it that's it this yeah. looks super cool Yeah, that's awesome. But but you were asking about living on the boat and Yes. One of my um one of my kind of dreams is to go to Europe and to uh to buy a boat similar to that and um maybe a little bit bigger and sail it through the Mediterranean, um stopping at all of the different places in the Mediterranean and and then sail it back to Australia, you know. Um for many different reasons i mean the boats are cheaper over there but 
I, I like I was saying to are you they? before. Yeah, yeah, How they are significantly cheaper. Yeah, they because they they they're mainly all all of those type of boats um, are built there. Are built in Europe. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, Got a question from Marco. It says, "Good morning, Ramon. A question morning. for Angus: How is living in a boat or sailing lifestyle change your perception of reality?" Interesting. Change my perception of reality. I guess reality for all of us well, is like takes place on land. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's an alternative reality. Um, if I if I'm understanding the question properly, um, it's uh, it's more of a it's kind of a bit more of a cop out from from the the status quo of the way everybody yeah. is sort of supposed to live. Um, and um, you know, there's there's not a lot of people that are living on boats that. Uh, kind of family based and that get up and go to work every day and yeah you know um come home and kiss the missus and cook dinner yeah know? it's sort of you see a lot of single people <laughs> living on boats and they drink a lot <laughs> <laughs> and um but but yeah you know i would just what attracts me to it is traveling from country to country meeting new people maybe getting a couple of crew members on board in meeting them ask you know becoming friends with them going to the next place dropping them off meeting new people just having new experiences and swimming in beautiful places and sounds fantastic to like me. living an amazing and life are you married i'm divorced okay but but my um ex-wife is probably one of my closest friends probably my closest friend yeah cool so, because like the, the reason why <laughs> i think it's a good thing yeah. actually uh, it's a funny funny story here one of the reasons why i broke up with uh, an ex of mine is because i told her like i really would like you to be my first ex-wife <laughs> <laughs> my first <laughs> nice. and yeah that didn't go well no <laughs> um but yeah i don't see myself like getting into any long-term relationship anytime soon that's really? why i see myself living on a boat probably yeah <laughs> probably that's yeah. The, 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 yeah the connection but, there but but when you have a boat all of a sudden you became you become quite attractive <laughs> <laughs> that sounds <a> <laughs> yeah i've seen yeah. that happening as well yeah, yeah i have a few friends with boats and yeah they did become more attractive it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny isn't it um but no it's good i love it i love it and and where you want to have a boat in 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 Sydney or are you thinking? No, the idea was to like live on a boat. So live on a boat, keep, okay. keep traveling around yeah, like the idea. same the same that you said. I know there are a, f a lot of like websites that facilitates that. There's one called like Cruise Seeker, I think. I don't okay. know if you yeah, heard of cruise, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that would be a a website where you can um, go onto somebody else's boat and be a crew member. Yeah. Uh, and some of them ask you to pay, you know, seventy dollars a day or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. And uh, on the other uh, side of things, like if you own a boat, you can like find crew, crew for your trip. Yeah, that's like, right. Yeah. I know that like most people are like just uh, old retired people that like they own a boat, but they cannot sail by themselves. So they, yeah. they just like find people to that's go true, with yeah. and have yeah. them sail. It's really cool. Uh, and, and the thing is that like um, I'm not a very like I don't have roots. So. Mm. I like to move around a lot and to connect with new people. Mm. And the thing about like th that was a brilliant question, I think, like the perception of reality, because like life happens on on land in my mind. And I always uh, wondered about like it's not that you can go like, oh, I'm going to um, 
go to a cafe, grab a coffee this morning, like yeah. having breakfast. Like, yeah, it's, you yeah. need to change all of your routine and adapt to yeah. to living where like there's nothing, just just water. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've been, um, I, I decided I'm going to move over to the Northern Beaches again soon. Um, and I've you been used to of, live there? Yeah, I used to live over there. I, I, when I when we came from England, I grew up on the northern beaches in, okay. in Narrabeen. And um, so I'm thinking of moving back there. And I've been looking at... There's houses over there on the northern beaches that are only accessible by water. That's super cool. You know, um, so in the basin, in Lovett Bay, um, in Macars Creek, they're all parts of sort of pit, the Pittwater, uh, Hawkesbury River sort of area. Um, and there there are nice houses there and there are families that live there but it's similar to living on a boat because you can't just go to the cafe you're isolated um, and you you can't drive your car to your house to un you know you yeah. have to have a boat to yeah. get to your house you know um and i was thinking how about, do you go grocery shopping yeah exactly you've got to <laughs> you've got to go you've got to have a car on the land and get in your boat go to your car go to the shops get back in your car put all your stuff in the boat and then you've got to carry it to your house which normally isn't very close to where your boat is. <laughs> you need a donkey for that. Yeah, you need a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> or a wife. <laughs> yeah, also that. Also that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that, that, that's true though, what you're saying about the reality of living on a boat. I mean, there are people that do it, but it's not, it's not very common. Hmm. You know, they, they sort of, living on a boat seems to be a bit of a, yeah, like a cop out like not a cop out but a um sort of disconnecting from society type move from what i can see you know people i've seen and yes although there's a guy that um i know quite well he's trying to save up some money to buy himself a boat and he wants to live on it with his with his wife and um and he works at a um at smart boating which is a, a boat syndication place and um and he would just keep going to work and his wife will keep going to work um they just love the the boating lifestyle you know the thing is when you're living on a boat you don't have much there's not much room unless you can afford to buy a hundred foot yacht yeah <laughs> you're not going to be able to fit any of this in <laughs> yeah yeah of course not yeah i'm, I'm not gonna do this yeah. on a boat um, i mean yeah yeah it'd be nice minimal setup yeah. yeah it'd be nice yeah yeah what's the um, what's the cost of like a very big boat um a very big boat like yeah. are you talking like 50 foot boat or a 150 foot boat let's say 100 100, 100 i have foot. no idea how long a 100 okay. foot can you look up like a 100 foot boat <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on it. understanding of what oh, we're talking about it's like a super yacht okay but i wouldn't yeah, want well. to to have like even if i could afford it i wouldn't want a yacht i would want a sailing boat a sailing boat yeah yeah, yeah that's what i agree I ideally agree. i would want a sailing ship a sailing ship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like that one. That's a nice... That's an oyster, that one there. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful yacht. Um, so something like that would probably cost you about three and a half million. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Maybe maybe a little bit more. Maybe four million. So how's the interior compared to like a house? On board, that boat would be beautiful. Like much... Very high end. You know, on, on a on a boat, a hundred foot yacht, because um, it's if it's a hundred foot yacht, it's a high end yacht. You know, you, they yeah. don't really make hundred foot cheap yachts. You know, <laughs> um, the the one that you know, my one, the the four one five, it's um, probably it's like a Holden or a Ford, 
okay. of, of yachts. You know, it's sort of just it's like a. And that would be more like a Porsche. Yeah, yeah. The okay. Oyster would be more like a Porsche. Yeah, definitely. And Oyster, Oyster make fifty foot yachts as well, but I don't think they make much smaller than that. Yeah. So. So fifty foot yacht is probably like two million. Uh yeah. If, no no no. If, well, it's a, you could get a fifty foot yacht for under a million dollars if it was a handsy or something like that or around a million dollars um but the thing is is it jumps up in price massively once you go over 50 foot the prices just go, get big got a question from jacob jostick question for angus from sebastian this is going to be funny yeah <laughs> Is there any chance to hire you as a DJ on my fake wedding party? (laughs) (laughs) First thing, thanks for the question. What's a fake wedding? (laughs) Yeah. What is a fake wedding? But yeah, of course. Of course. No problem, Sebastian. (laughs) (laughs) So you're still DJ? I know, Sebastian. Um, Yeah, not really. I I DJ at home for myself, but I just got, you know, you DJ, you have to be up all hours of the night. Um, and in nightclubs and stuff, and I'm not really that into that anymore, you know? Yeah. I love the music. I'll always love the music, but, yeah, I don't like being around nightclubs with drunken, annoying people asking me to play Kylie Minogue and things like that. <laughs> and um, yeah, for $400 an hour, you know? like Probably I never made it to the point where I get, you know, a million dollars for a New Year's Eve party like um, Carl <laughs> Cox, but I was close. <laughs> why did you like not, not give up but why, why did you stop um i i stopped because i started um growing up a bit <laughs> i started thinking i need to you know start a business i need to start thinking about my future a bit more and um yeah that that's why i stopped i mean you know most of the time these days i'm i try to get to bed before midnight you okay know? um i still cannot do that i know it's very hard it's <laughs> Because I have to get up, well, I have to try to get up anyway in the morning for work. Yeah. Um, and as all the boys know at work, I'm not very good at getting up early. <laughs> but I, it would have been even harder if I was DJing. Still. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the point, like, you go to bed, like, around, like, 3, 4 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Or even, you know, 5 or 6. And and when, you know, I'm in my mid-40s. I'm, like, 45. If I go to bed at 5 in the morning, it costs <laughs> me for about two weeks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So you got that to look forward to. Um, I think, I don't know, back on boats, it, it's a very interesting topic because I know absolutely nothing about it or, or very, very little. Mm. How long would it take me, for example, to learn how to sail, starting um, from like zero knowledge? Look, I think if you, if you did some classes um, over a weekend, you'd get the basics down and you read some books, um, watch some you know videos on youtube that would you you could get the basics down but i think um there's plenty of courses around uh, i'd say that if you did i don't know maybe four weekends mm-hmm. you could probably be more you know able to look after a boat with you and somebody else what kind of level of um ex- experience like let's but say one thing is sailing around the harbor and one thing is like Being in the crossing ocean. the atlantic or, yeah, yeah yeah very different yeah very different um like i'm still i still get scared you know and and but you know that there's a certain wisdom in being able to turn around and go no nah, it's too windy or it's too waves are too big i need to be able to go home now you know yeah. and, and i've had to do that before and did you, you ever know. find yourself in like 
serious like uh, life-threatening trouble um i've never been rescued or anything my dad was rescued in the english channel he he hit a um a submerged shipping container and put a big hole in the side of the boat and he had to get rescued by a helicopter okay. um but quite often when you're on the boat when i'm on the boat um you know it, it can be scary at times when you've got lots of wind you've got big waves coming um you don't know how much sail to put up if you put put up too much sail then you find the boat getting almost knocked over flat yeah. and then you you have to get the sail down or reduce the amount of sail and this is when it's really it's intense you know and i part of me really loves that and but part of me is scared of that as well because you you, you know you, you get scared that something's going to break or that the mast or the the rigging or something the rope is mm. going to fail which which can happen you know and if something fails or breaks um and you're out in the ocean it, it can be quite difficult to get yourself out of it by yourself yes um so <clears throat> it's important i think to go ste one step at a time with it um yeah. yeah just don't try to cross the ocean just on the yeah first, first don't go week. to new zealand <laughs> next weekend no <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I won't do that but uh, but what's the riskiest you've been into like a uh, risky situation um oh you know like sailing um in strong winds with um my mainsail up full mainsail full headsail up and the boat is getting knocked over so much that we're not going forward we're actually just going sideways and i'm by myself oh, okay. and i'm trying to get the sails down probably actually the scariest was when i first got this boat and i was really keen to test the boat okay. and it was 35 um knots plus it was like 30 and there was nobody else out no one else was going out and i went out and i just had the jib up them which is the the sail at the front of the boat yep and um and it was 35 knots and and the sail was just it wasn't the boat wasn't doing anything because it was just too much wind and the sail was actually too big should have had a, a small storm sail or, or a tri sail which is a very it's a sail it's about that big okay it's tiny um and um i had um maritime um services and um, marine rescue behind me just making sure that everything was going to be okay because even once I got the sail down, which was very, very hard to do, the boat just without any sails up was getting knocked over oh, wow. to almost 45 degrees. So, um, yeah, so that was um, a scary moment. But but quite often it can be a bit scary when you're out sailing, yeah. um, when you're by yourself. When I've got somebody else with me, I feel more confident, you know, um, but... Do you recommend sailing by yourself or do you like it better or I more? Uh, look, I, I really love sailing by myself. It, like I, when I sailed to the harbour last weekend and sailed back, it was amazing. Just solitude, I could think and, you know, and you make decisions and you yeah. sort of um, just got your own company and, and I really love that. I really do love that. Um, but at the same time, sharing it with somebody else is really good fun as well. And... and you know, pushing the boat a little bit further when you've got somebody else with you because, yeah, it's not a good idea to push it to... To, to the limit by to yourself. To the limit yeah. by yourself. Well, one thing I always say is try and sail at, try and sail at 80% um, maximum efficiency 100% of the time rather than 100%, 80% of the time. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, 
and then nothing breaks. But when you've got somebody else there, it's, it's, it's much better. But I mean, that, that's, that's the most scary thing that's happened to me when I've been sailing. But when I was abseiling, um, I almost died once. I was um, on the side of a building and um, we, it was uh, a track that runs along the top of the building which you attach your ropes to and it's got like a curtain rail. It's, a, it's like a curtain rail yeah. and your ropes are attached to, to these runners. And basically the runners came away from the track and the ropes just dropped. Oh. And I, was, I had my feet on a window ledge and I was holding on to, by my fingertips on the window frames and um, the guy that was working with me had to abseil down next to me and clip onto me and drop me to the ground, get me to the ground. So, wow. yeah, that was not fun, being on the side of a building with no rope. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm. Lots of wind. Not much wind that day, thank God. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, but it was, if there was wind, <laughs> I probably would have fallen off. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But yeah, so... The, there's there's one scary thing for sailing and one scary thing from abseiling. What about motorbikes? Motorbikes. Um, Do we have any other questions? No, I haven't. I haven't had any. Um, Let's uh, finish off on motorbikes. I haven't had any close calls on motorbikes. Yet. Me neither. Touch wood. <laughs> Just yeah. <to> that. <laughs> but um, you know, I've only had one accident when I was about eighteen. Um, the front wheel went down because there was some gravel on the road. Okay. Um, but I haven't had anything since then. What, thank what God. kind of bikes you like? I've got a Ducati, Ducati Diavel. Oh, that's cool. That's mm. cool. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know Ducati. You being Italian, uh, you know. I, I heard of Ducati. Yeah. Ducati, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ducati. Ducati Diavel. Yeah. yeah, beautiful bike. Yes. I love it. Um, I never, I never um, rode one. I used to have a Kawasaki Ninja. Oh yeah, I've had a, I've had a Kawasaki as well. I love them. Yes, yeah. and um, I once tried to see how fast it could go, <laughs> uh, like out of curiosity. <laughs> um, I think I might have done that once or twice. That was not a smart idea. The road ended because I could... No be way. Before I could figure out like the, 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 the final velocity, so I went up to 273, I think. Good on you. Uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was very stupid and reckless. <laughs> Um, yeah, then there was a bend and it was like, whoa, this is like, shit, 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 shit. Did you crash? No, 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 no. But <laughs> I, I like, um, well done again. might have like stained my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that was cool. Uh, now I was considering uh, getting a um, Africa Twin because I like like road tripping. Oh, and, Africa. Uh, That's Kawasaki too, isn't it? Uh, Honda. Honda, okay. Africa. Yeah. But it's Which more, is an enduro bike. Yes, it's, it's more like, um, more versatile. You can do uh, Africa Twin uh, Honda. It's a multi-purpose bike, so you can go on like um, twin, yeah, road trips, and you can go off-road. Africa twin, twin, yeah, yes, twin. I think it's a uh, twin cylinders. Something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. That's a nice bike. That's a good, yeah, yeah bike. They do the um, um, Dakar rally on that. Yeah, the Paris to Dakar. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. So um, I guess we got everything covered. Any last questions? Last minute questions? There must be some funny questions. Anyone from who wants to um, <laughs> Come on. book Angus for any fake uh, stripping or I can do stripping <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> ceremonies of some sorts. Yeah. 
Thanks everyone for uh, tuning in and please uh, subscribe to this podcast if you like to hear from me and Angus and all the other guests that um, come by every week. Any, any last words? <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to your mum for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, buona notte. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.